When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So we have put these two back together, the conscious and the subconscious mind. Now, we have been programmed to live through our senses. We go about what we see, hear, smell, taste, and touch. And that's pretty well the way we were programmed. You see, they are like little antennae that are hooked up to our conscious mind. They're just like antennae, picks up information from our outside world. So this is the way most of us live. We look at our bank account, that tells us where we're at financially. We look at our report card, that tells us where we are intellectually. A report card just tells you where the child's mind was for a few minutes on a given day a few weeks ago. It has nothing to do with the person's level of uh, ability to move ahead. Nothing. We take IQ tests. IQ will change something like the weather. That's true. You can change in a person's IQ. Their intelligent quotient, it can be changed. We know so little about ourselves. You go all through school. We think the important thing in school is to get the person to understand two plus two equal four. That's not the most important thing at all. Person, most important thing is to start to understand yourself. The important thing is to keep the important thing the important thing. Take a look at the next one. Go back that up. Is the will. The will gives us the ability to concentrate, all right? The will gives us the ability to concentrate. I've got a couple of statues of Napoleon in my home, and I think that it's, I have them there for a reason. He reminds me of what I do and what I don't want to be like. Napoleon had a very powerful mind. I don't think he was a very nice guy, but a very powerful mind. One of his biographers called him organized victory. Another one said he had immense capacity for sustained concentration, highly evolved will. The will gives you the ability to hold one idea on the screen of the mind to the exclusion of all outside distractions. The will is what you use when you concentrate. And through concentration, you increase amplitude of vibration. Your energy is more powerful. Okay? Now, the imagination, Hill said it's the most marvelous, miraculous, inconceivably powerful force that the world's ever known. And we've all got one. Let's start using it. Now, we take memory. Memory's perfect. We know what the memory is. I could earn a million dollars so easy it would make your head spin. Earning money is a simple thing to do when you know how. If you don't know how, you could work all your life and not be able to do it. The conscious mind is the intellectual mind, and the conscious mind can think. This is really important that we understand this. This is what most people do not do. You just watch the average person. They'd never do what they're doing if they were thinking. They'd never say what they're saying if they're thinking. We have the ability to think. We can tap into an infinite power and we can build any idea in our mind. Now, every great leader, as far back as you can go, have taught us that we become what we think about. What do you think about? All right? Now, you have the ability to accept or reject any idea that comes along. So if you're listening to the news or you're reading the newspaper and they tell you that the economy is going down, you might say, for you, but not for me. This is going to be the best year that I've ever had during the Great Depression. 
There was all kinds of people earning millions. Not everybody lost their money. You see, I, I'm not trying to flatter you, but coming here Yes, one of the most brilliant things you can do. I was talking to a lady right here at the break, and she was telling me that she got a, a, a cassette or a, a tape from, uh, it was Napoleon Hill's Principles. And she was listening to them. She says, things were going really great. And she said, for some reason, I lost it or stopped listening to it, and things started to go in the other direction. Well, we're so influenced by suggestion. Suggestion is one of the most powerful forces in the universe. And you see, if you come here on a regular basis, just when you start to slide off, it'll bring you back on track again. Now, I think you should listen to this stuff every day. We read the paper every day. We eat food every day. We wash our bodies every day. How about recharging our mind every day? We're dealing with the most potent force in the universe, and we're dealing with the mind. Now, your subconscious mind has no ability to think. It cannot choose. It cannot reject. It can only accept. The conscious mind can reject. You want to reject a lot of the things. When people start to complain, get away from them. I don't want to spend any time with anyone that talks about how bad things are or why things can't be done. Your subconscious mind will accept anything. And whatever goes into the subconscious mind must be expressed through the body. It cannot differentiate between what's real and what's imagined. Hold your hand up like that. Come on, everybody get their hand up like that. Put their hand like that. Put it here in your chin for a second. Will you do that? Now, where's your chin? You see? You're thinking. Why did we go here? Because I went there. If I said, let's follow me, and I went off the cliff, would you go? We have a tendency to go by what we see, hear, smell, taste, touch. We do not think. You know that's not your chin. You say, well, you put your hand there. There we go. You see, that's the defense. They did it. All right? Your subconscious mind will accept anything. Now, this is how you and I arrived on the scene. A baby, when a baby's born, its subconscious mind is wide open. You can put anything in it you want. The baby's mind is wide open. Every thought that goes on around the baby is going right into that baby's mind. You were a baby. Go back and ask yourself, what was the environment like that I was raised in? What did the people work at? What was their attitude towards money? What was their attitude towards potential? You see, if we start asking these questions, then we know what's programmed here into our subconscious mind. Now, any idea that goes into our subconscious repetitively becomes fixed in there. That's what we call a conditioned mind. It's a multitude of fixed ideas. Fixed ideas are more commonly called habits, and a multitude of habits are called paradigms. How did we get in the habit of doing things? By the idea going in the subconscious mind. It's the repetition. Do you remember when you first started to drive a car? You probably thought you were going to kill yourself. And so did the person that was teaching you. You know, that's why they were so scared. And, and I mean, it, you, you're having a terrible time to clutch the brake, the gas, you know. And, and now you're steering with your knee. You're looking for a pen while you're talking on the phone. And you're in traffic. It's the subconscious mind that's doing it. When you're on the highway, your subconscious mind is driving. You're not really paying attention. The subconscious mind's driving. Go to pass a transport truck in the rain when there's a heavy overspray. You go from automatic pilot to conscious and you're holding that wheel. And when you get past, you're slacking off and back on the subconscious mind again. See, this is all automatic. Well, you and I were programmed. And the problem is we were programmed with their limitations. Where did they get the limitations? From somebody the same way. We've got to understand this. Someone else may have been responsible for making us who we are. We are responsible for changing it. Now, there is thought. It's a thought power flowing into your consciousness. You can think anything you want. 
but the paradigm is going to dictate what you're going to do. The thoughts that you think are largely controlled by the paradigm. See, if you're conditioned, as I say, to earn 50,000 a year, what are the odds of you thinking of earning 150? You won't seriously think of all, you might dream about it periodically, but you won't seriously think, but you could. As a matter of fact, if you just made up your mind that you were going to, you probably would in a relatively short period of time. If you were going to learn to fly an airplane, what would you do? You wouldn't go to your hairdresser or your butcher or somebody. You'd go to a real good flight instructor and you'd do exactly what they tell you. Why don't we do that with money? That's the one point that everybody's agreed on is you become what you think about, all right? Now, the thought flows in or the power for thought flows in you choose the thought. You can think anything you want. Start to monitor your thinking. And the second you start to get out of the box, the paradigm will cut in. You say, you can't do that. You can't do that. Why can't you do that? Well, you'll come up with reasons why you can't do it. You see? The truth is you can do anything you want to do. Now, paradigms influence your thinking. I'll tell you something else. Paradigms influence what you do. You see, school has been interested in you getting the book into your conscious mind. What is the important thing in school? The important thing in school is that you read the book, you remember what's in the book, and you repeat what's in the book. If you do that, you get the mortarboard of the sheepskin, and they say you're an educated person. There's a lot of educated derelicts walking the street. They remembered what's in the book. It doesn't cut any ice anymore. For a while, we got away with that jazz. There was a lot of money wasted. Companies aren't doing it anymore. If you don't produce, baby, you're on the street. Cry, bitch, complain, do all you want, but you shouldn't have been there. If you're not performing, you don't deserve the reward. It's a simple concept. And if a company's paying for people for non-performance, then the company's going down the tubes. School has us programmed to believe if we can repeat it, we've got it. Well, that ain't so because you can repeat all kinds of stuff, but the paradigm's still controlling your behavior. You see? School gave us the knowledge. However, school never taught us how to alter the paradigms. If you don't learn how to alter the paradigms, it's never gonna happen. Gotta alter the paradigm. See, you want to improve your results, or you wouldn't come here. I don't think you're coming here because you had nothing to do. I think you're all very busy. The people that have nothing to do, they wouldn't come here. It's a bit of a paradox. They're the ones that need it more than you do. All right? Now, what does the program tell us to do? This is the way we are programmed. The starting point is results. We look at the results we're getting. The results cause us to think the thoughts we're thinking. This is a formula for losing, by the way. But this is the way we operate. You look at the x-ray. You look at the bank account. You look at the present relationship. If you're letting present results control your thinking, you're on a losing track. The thoughts cause the feelings. The feelings cause the action, and the action produces more of the same. If you're having financial problems today, you probably were a year ago. If the student's getting an AD average in school, they probably did last year. 
We think we've got to cram more information. No, 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 no. Put the books away. Sit down, teach them something about themselves. Get them to see themselves as an honor student. Get them to relax, totally relax when they write the exam. They've got all the information there and it'll flow out. They've got to start to see themselves as worthy of the good life that they desire. When I left public school, Miss Strawn, who is a nice lady, she said, B, Bob, where are you going to go? And I said, I'm going to Malvern Collegiate. Oh, Bob, 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 don't, don't do that. Go on over to Danforth Tech, get a trade. You'll never do well in the business world. I got people like Price Waterhouse, Prudential, some of the largest companies in the world that pay me on the ass to go in and work with their executives, and I would never do well. Miss Strawn was wrong, but I believed what she said until I was 26. And consequently, I never tried to get a good job. I always had a dumb job, hated the job. I remember working for a guy in the West End of Toronto. He was not a nice man. He really was not a nice man. Of course, I was poor as a church mouse, so I didn't have even have a car, and I had to go from the East End to the West End in busy traffic and, and in cold weather all the way across the city to work for a guy I really didn't like, to do something I absolutely hated, and all the way there I was afraid I was going to get fired. <laughs> now, this is nuts! This is insanity! Do you know that there's a lot of people like that? Right in this building, there's people like that. Doesn't make any sense. They're starting with the wrong end. They're letting the present results control them. Think of this for a moment. Your starting point should be ideas. Let's let the present results dictate where we've been at. Let's learn something about ourselves. Let's start with the idea, the idea in our mind. What do you really want? Let that idea then dictate how you feel. How you feel is going to control how you act, and how you act is going to produce the results that you're getting. That's the way you improve the results. And then you look at the improved results, you adapt to the change, to the change in the condition, circumstance, and environment, and then you start out with a new idea. You see, it all boils down to decisions. It really does. You've got to make the decision that you're going to change. But many of you come... here and you go back and you do exactly the same thing. I want to suggest that you make a decision today. You make a decision that you're going to change the whole deal. We don't know how long it takes to reach a goal, although we guess fairly accurately. And that is governed by a law of gender. The law of gender decrees that all seeds have a gestation or an incubation period. When you plant a seed, you don't get the flower or the fruit right away. When the seed for the baby's planted, it takes approximately 280 days. Well, remember where the non-physical and the physical is all hooked together? Well, the idea is a spiritual seed. It's made from exactly the same stuff the physical seed's made from, and it's subject to exactly the same law. We just have not developed the awareness of what the gestation period is, so we guess. And oddly enough, we guess fairly accurately. Everything else on the goal card should be written in the present tense. I am so happy and grateful. You've already got it in your conscious mind. And as you get emotionally involved, you've already got it in your emotional mind. And it's only a period of time till it moves into form. You've got to make the decision. So you start out. Your goal. That's the idea. You see the goal. This is where I am. And then that will dictate the kind of feelings you have. You see? That'll dictate your actions. And that'll produce the win. 
Then you big, build another big new exciting goal. Now this is all, it's so basic and it's so simple and yet so misunderstood, but you can understand it. You see, you want to make the connection between your mind and your prospect's mind or the other person's mind because that's where you make the connection. You make it on a mental plane. That's where the sales made. Those of you who are in sales, it's all made. It's a mental thing. Yet it's not. We may think it's physical. It's not physical at all. The physical is just the expression of something that's already happened. You want to practice about 15 minutes a day. Get your, get your performance down pat. I know a few movie stars that are pretty big ones. And you know something? They do this so beautifully. It's called imagined reality. When you watch a movie star at work, they're living the part. You see, they're, they're not just reading a script. They're not just repeating memory work. They took the script, they read it, they reread it, they reread it, they memorized it, they internalized it, they became it. Yet it's perfect. That's what we want to do. We want to write our own script. And most people don't understand that. Now, this is very important. We're going to go through it very fast. You're either living in ignorance or with knowledge. Now, we are all living in both. We know certain things and there's certain things we don't know. Now, let's stop and think because this is very powerful. You can think anything you want. Most people that don't understand something, they have a tendency to doubt and worry. Doubt and worry. They have taken a power that was unadulterated, it was without form, and we've given it form, a negative form. We built a negative picture. We take and we internalize that negative picture. It sets up the only emotional state it can set up, sets up a vibration of fear. Now, fear can only be expressed through the instrument that you're living in, your body. And so it man expresses itself in what we call anxiety. Now, anxiety is not expressed, it's suppressed. Yet the suppression then turns to depression. This person's on a losing track. Don't even know what they're doing. The depression turns to disease, and the disease turns to disintegration. Yet that's a process. That happens so fast, the person doesn't even know what's going on. And you know what's causing it? Ignorance is their problem. What are they taking for the anxiety? Valium or something like that. We got them on Prozac or Valium or some other drug so that we got them so stupefied that they don't even know they're doing it to themselves. Should we educate them? I think so. What is education? To induce, to develop, or to draw from an end. Let's bring out something in the person. Let's go back to our thinking. We want to develop understanding. There is only one way to develop understanding and you're doing it, you're studying. There is no other way of developing understanding. That's what these programs are all about. Solomon said, in all you're getting, get understanding. Now, the well-being is expressed. You don't hear somebody that it's really in a great vibration. You say, hi, how are you? And they, I'm really excited. You know, they don't do that. You see it in the way they walk, you see it in the way they talk, you see it the way they meet and greet people. They're alive and they know it. That turns to acceleration, they're picking up speed. This is the way the universe operates. You know why? Because they're at ease. They're not uptight. The person that's anxious and depressed, their body is, it's no wonder their heart snaps. Take your fist and crunch it tight, see how long you can keep it that way. That's the way some people's bodies are. Well, you want to put your body in a totally relaxed state. And then this power flows freely through you. No kinks in the hose. And I'm going to tell you, you'll have lots of juice flowing and you're going to feel like a million bucks. And you become very creative. And that's called creation. You see? Now, what do you think about? What do you spend your time thinking about? 
Most people spend their time thinking about just whatever's going on around them on a given period of time. Now we say to ignore the power of paradigms to influence your judgment is to put yourself at risk when exploring the future. This idea of paradigms, you've got to understand it. You want to get back into that stick person. Can you change your paradigms? Yeah, you sure can. Yeah, you sure can. And you see, when you know you can change your paradigms, you have hope. See, I was controlled. I was unhappy, sick, and broke, and I was lost. I had no hope. Why? Well, I just couldn't see how it could happen. You know what Ray gave me? He gave me hope. And you know what happens when you have hope? That means that you have options. Now, what a difference. I love this. What a different story people would have to tell if they would adopt a definite purpose and stand by that purpose until it had time to become an all-consuming obsession. I love that book. I truly love it. Most people are extras in their own movie. They really are. You know, it's sad. They write the script, they're the casting agent, they're the director, they're the producer, they're the executive producer. They do the whole deal. And they give themselves maybe a walk-on, maybe a line if they're really gregarious. But most of them just stand there and they look at the stars. They think, God, I wish I could do that. We could do anything. Anything we want. See, what we want to do is say, what do I really want? Not what do I think I can do, what can I afford, what do I want? Life is not a practice run, you know. You're not going to get another bite at the apple. This is the deal. This is it. I remember one time we were down in Atlanta on a speaking engagement when I worked with uh, the Nightingale Corporation, and Earl got up and slowly started to move across the room. And somebody said, what are you doing? He said, I was just thinking, that's the way most people go through life. They tiptoe through life, hoping they make it safely to death. <laughs> it's true. That's the way most people live. We want to step out and do the thing we really love. Now. Here's a lesson for you on goals that is absolutely incredible. So you want to remember it. Most people, when they're setting goals, they set goals to do what they know how to do. That way it's safe. They're going sideways, but it's safe. You remember we talked about the level of awareness, how you reach? We said goals are to cause you to stretch. That's the purpose. The goal isn't to accumulate. You go, money's not to accumulate. I never have enough money. Never. Do you know why? I'm always doing something beyond where I'm at. That's why it keeps me growing. I want to extend what I'm doing. I want to get another deal going. And everybody said, gee, why don't you slow down? Uh-uh. I want to do it. And so you've got, and then you've got to attract more, you see. You've got to keep going. Quit going after things you know how to do. Now, understand this. People do not resist change. They don't. Do you know what people resist? Being changed. See, if I try and force change on you, the wall comes down. But if you decide to change, no problem. We say people resist change. They really don't. They resist being changed. Now, let me tie this into that. You hang out with people that you're comfortable with. You're on the same frequency as them. What we say feeling was conscious awareness of vibration. So you, you hang out with people that are in the same vibration as yourself. If you're miserable, you're not happy with happy people. You gotta be with miserable people. If you're happy, you're not happy with miserable people. You gotta be with happy people. You don't find the big producers hanging out with the little producers. 
And you don't find the little producers hanging out with the big producers. You don't find rich people living in the slums. You don't find people that have no money living in where rich people live. You are attracted to people who are in harmony with you. That's the law of attraction. That's the way it works. Like energy attracts like energy. Now, the people you're mixing with, if you're setting goals to do how you know how to do, that's where they're at. Now, when you go to move ahead and you say, I'm going to go after something bigger and better. And as you go after it, they don't want you to. If you gave them a polygraph and really sucked the truth out of them, they want you to win, but they don't want you to leave. Do you know why? They would have to adapt to your absence. They don't want to do that. They don't want you to leave. Do they want you to win? Yeah, but they don't want you to leave, and you can't win if you don't leave. You're thinking, geez, this is true. You can relate to this. Now, we sit down, we, we, we're going to stretch, we're going to go after what I think I can do, and we get our slide rule out, and we get the whole deal, and we get the plan. You've got to have a plan. Wharton teaches you've got to have a plan. Uh, Harvard, you've got to have a plan. So we get this plan, then we go down to the, the office place, and we get a folder, and we print it out on our color computers, and we got our pie charts and our, and our uh, graphs, and yet it's all in color. We've got a plan. Man, are we proud of our plan. But you know something? We don't go anywhere. You know why? No inspiration. Here we're going after something we think we can do. God, we're stretching, but there's no inspiration. And there's no support. The person that you're leaving isn't going to support you. And you're not inspired because you're just doing what you think you can do. You got the plan, though. But the plan ain't going to do you any good. It just won't work. Now, if you go after what you want, you're going to fantasize. Then you've been taught that's a no-no. When you were a little tiny girl or boy, you could fantasize. You, the mom would just leave you there and let you pay with the pots and pans. And you did all kinds of great things with them, and you were fantasizing. But when you went to school, the teacher come down, pay attention. You were being bad. You weren't paying attention. Your mind was wandering. You left the room. You left your body there. Man, you're on a trip. And they punished you. Now, you don't have to punish a person for so long, they'll stop doing whatever it is that they're doing to get punished for. So now we have these great big companies, and we've got little recreative departments. Why? We don't want people to be fantasizing. Fantasy is where everything started. This building was nothing but a fantasy at one time. Somebody got the idea of putting a whole bunch of theaters under one roof. They said it'll never work. So we go from what we know we can do to what we think we can do, but there's no inspiration. And so we go back to what we know we can do. And we get bored there, and we go back to what we think we can do, but there's no inspiration and no support till we go back to what we know we can do. You see? And that's the end of the story. We're all screwed up, and we don't win. <laughs> but the seminar said, choose a goal. I choose the goal. It's what I thought I could do. Got to play it safe. You got to be realistic. This realistic jazz is for the purds. All right? Look here. Here's the three stages of creating the life you want. And if you want to go after what you want, you've got to fantasize. So you start out here, and you build a fantasy. And you see yourself doing what you want. Doesn't matter how you're going to do it, you build the fantasy. You see the picture. Build the, doesn't matter where the money is. Now you've got to turn that fantasy into a theory. Before you can turn it into a goal, you've got to pass a test. The theory, now it's an idea in our conscious mind. We're really putting our higher faculties to work on it, but we've got to pass a test. We've got to ask, am I able to do this? If all things are possible, if this is an orderly universe, and if we have all the power within us, 
Yes, I'm able to do it. Don't know how, haven't got the foggiest idea, up to here in debt, don't know where the money's coming, but yes, I'm able to do it. The second question, am I willing? Am I willing what? Am I willing to pay the price? If you're not prepared to pay the price, you don't deserve the reward. I remember my wife started her own business. She was over her head. And I would go into the bedroom. Sometimes she'd actually get into bed and get under the covers and pull them over her head. She literally did that. And I'd go in and say, what the hell are you doing? I'm scared. No. Well, what are you scared of? I don't know. Well, I said, why don't you quit? Well, then <laughs> she'd get angry and she'd end up and away she'd go. You see? And now she's got to the point where a little bit of fear doesn't bother her anymore. Now, did I do the same thing? Well, I didn't get in bed and hide under the covers. But God, I used to pull the drapes. Ooh, it was terrible. Am I willing? You've got to be willing to pay the price. If you're not willing to pay the price, you don't deserve the reward. You've got to be willing to come to these meetings. You've got to be willing to invest in the programs. You've got to be willing to do that. If you're not, you don't deserve the reward. Now, the second you answer yes to those questions, now you've got a goal and you want to impress it upon the universal subconscious mind. And when you do, the entire universe comes to your aid. That may sound like a bizarre statement, but I'm going to tell you, if I had a year to explain it, I could break it all down. That's exactly what happens. If you have to attract somebody from China, you will attract them. We're not in this room by accident. You know, we're all supposed to be here right now. You're always in the right place for the right reason at the right time. And that idea will begin to move into form and it'll turn into what we call a fact. And when you've done that, then you're in the position to build bigger and better fantasies. And that's called a creative process. You don't have to know how you're going to do it. You only have to know you're going to do it. So here's the deal. You start out and you fantasize. You see it. You believe it. And you do it. How do you think that guy got up that wall? You think when he was standing at the bottom, he knew every step he was going to take to get to the top? Not on your Nelly, did he? He knew that he was going to get to the top of the wall. And he said, I'll put this pick in here, and I'll put this one in here. I'll bring this foot up here and this one up here. That's the first step. He adapted to the change in his condition, circumstance, environment, and then he picked the next step. And that's how he got right to the top of the wall. And that's how Hillary got to the top of the mountain. And that's how Edison built the light bulb. And that's how the Wright brothers got the plane off the ground. And that's how we built the internet. And you want to know something? That's how you're going to create the life you want, a step at a time. Yet you're always going where you don't know, and it's scary. But I believe if you're not living on the edge, you're taking up too much room. You know? <laughs> you got to know where you're going, and you got to know you're going to get there. Isn't that how we did it? Do you know what Dr. Warner Von Braun said when John Kennedy asked him what it would take to build a rocket to the moon? He said, the will to do it. That was it. Nightingale said that success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. You gotta have an idea that you really want. It's gotta be big and so big and so all-consuming that you don't have time to listen to the ne'er-do-wells. You don't have time to listen to the people that don't have time to live. What do you really want? Now get this, 
Praxis is the integration of belief with behavior. You say you believe things, and yet your behavior would indicate you've never heard of it. We've got to integrate our belief with our behavior. It's very important. You have your conscious mind, and you build a belief. And you impress that belief upon your subconscious mind. Now, understand this. There's going to be a bit of a war. How many believe what I've explained here today? Say you believe it because you know it's the truth, and you hear the truth, you know it. You see? There's a problem when we go to execute that, and it's the old controlling belief that's in there. We've been taught to believe that there's certain things we can't do. We've been taught that because of this or because of that, it won't work. I'll give you a good book to get and read. Go and read Up From Slavery by Booker T. Washington. There's a guy that, I mean, he had all the strikes against him, but he had an image and he just kept going. And he did whatever he did and he did it well. He's quoted as saying, if I'm washing floors, when people look at it, they're gonna know that Booker T. Washington washed this floor. Everything he did, that's the way we wanna do it. We wanna do it to the best of our ability. And we wanna gain an understanding. The way to do that is to continue to study. So here's the overview of what we've done. Power flows in. Number one, we build an image. Number two, we plant that image in our subconscious mind. That image then is expressed through the only instrument it can be expressed through, our physical body. That is an absolute law. It is an absolute law. The image you impress upon your subconscious controls your vibration and your vibration controls what you attract into your life. And you're attracting stuff into your life. Everything that's coming into your life, you're attracting. So don't be afraid to step out. Maslow said you're either gonna step forward into growth or you're gonna step back into safety. See, when we talk about the science of getting rich, we wanna understand there is science to getting rich. I wanna tell you a story. I was flying to Malaysia and I was playing with the calculator. I was playing a plane with words or numbers. Now, if you go to Kuala Lumpur from Toronto, it's 25 hours in the air. That's a long ride. If you go any further, you're coming back. So, you know, you've got quite a trip that you're taking. Well, at any rate, I'm on the plane and I'm fooling around and I write a million dollars down, just one and six zeros. I thought a million. And I had earned a million. I had earned a million a year a long time ago. And I know a lot of people that have earned a million bucks. And most of them are not overly bright, you know? Uh, and, and there's some of them who are absolutely brilliant, but they're not all that bright. And, and, and where I may be fairly bright today, but relative to where I was, man, I'm telling you, I was one of the stupidest guys in town, but I was earning all this money. So it has nothing to do with being bright or anything like that. It's a decision. And so I'm on the plane and I'm thinking, what do these people do? And I started to think about the people that earn a million. What do they do that is so different? Well, first of all, they just decide they're going to do it. And um, then they step out and do it. And they come from all different walks of life. But all the ones that I knew that did it are all locked into this. Michael and I were talking, we were talking about people being seminar junkies. And I said, you know, I've been a seminar junkie for 40 some years. And uh, I wouldn't want to be any other way. I feel sorry for the people that are not. Because you see, that is a very crude way of saying that a person's really into the development of themselves. Well, I took a look at the people that earned the money and I thought every one of them without exception are really locked into studying. They never stop studying. They have 
just magnificent libraries of uh, CDs and now DVDs and cassettes. I've got it right back to the records uh, and the old record players. I've got them all. I've kept them all. And the, the record player they used to drive around with in uh, Vic Conant's office in Chicago, I took it down and gave it to him one day. But, you know, I thought, we should teach people to earn a million. And so when I got off the plane, now this is way back 1990, I got off the plane and I got on the phone. And I phoned uh, Mark Victor Hansen and then I phoned Val Vandewal, who's gone now. And I mean, it was the middle of the night here, but I wasn't thinking of that. It was, the clock had turned around. And I got them out of bed, but I got excited and I was telling them what I was going to do. And they said, Jesus, great idea. So there was a bunch of us. There was Jack and Jack Canfield and Mark Victor and uh, Vandewal and Lee Poos. And there was a group of us, and we put together a program, and we taught it in Hawaii. And we were teaching people to earn more money. Now, we knew how to earn it, and we were teaching the other people how to earn it. And one of the things we were teaching them is you've got to lock in to study. You've got to study every day. We eat every day. We wash ourselves every day. We get dressed every day. There's certain things we do every day that's religious. You've got to study every day. You've got to allocate a part of your income and a part of your time to your own development. And that was part of the lesson, and, and they all knew that we did. I mean, take that born, that Think and Grow Rich book. I mean, I, I read that every day. So at any rate, we started, and, and Jack and Mark come up with an idea, and they said, Proctor, we're going to do a book. And uh, we had brainstorming sessions going, and they said, you got lots of stories, give us some stories. And uh, he said, we're going to write a book. And there was a gal there, Cindy Spitzer. I remember, I don't know if she ever got credit for this, but she was from over on the East Coast, around Philadelphia somewhere, and she said, you should call that chicken soup for the soul. And so they're going to write 101 stories, and uh, they were going to pack it and sell it. And I said, that's a pretty cool idea. And, and, and Mark says, we're going to sell 50 million before the turn of the century. And I'm thinking, well, you know, I'm a pretty good thinker, but that seems like a little far out to me. I mean, if you sell a million bucks, you're doing pretty good, but 50 million, and you're going to do it before the turn of the century? Well, they didn't sell 50 million, they sold 74 million. And it was considered the publishing phenomena of the decade. Now get this, they didn't write anything. They never wrote any books, none. They had other people writing the stories, sending them in, they had somebody else collating, somebody else editing, somebody else publishing, somebody else selling, and they got the money. You know why? It was their idea. Now, this came about it's called intellectual property, and it came about because they study and they expanded their mind. And that's what you're doing here. Now, we said that most people are extras in their own movie. You're no different than Mark or Jack or Bob or Lee or anybody else. You're exactly the same as them. And what you want to do is make up your mind when you go home, you're going to lock in, and you're going to get your chicken soup concept. You know that 66% of what I've said you'll forgotten by tomorrow morning? 90 to 100% of it will be gone within a month. But if you keep repetition, if you keep programming it into your mind, you're going to find that you'll start to do it. That's what the actors do. I know a number of actors, pretty big names. And you know something? They're ordinary folks just like you and me. But they become great actors because they program the script into their mind until they become the script. And that's what you want to do.